0: You're listening to Vermont Credit Unions On Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. In this episode, our guest is Dave Adams, Vice President of Lender Client Experience at Origins, which is part of CU Direct. We'll be talking about trends, technologies, and insights in automobile sales and finance in the post-COVID world. But first, uh, a little about Dave. He and his team are responsible for the well-being of about 1,100 credit unions that provide indirect lending through Origins. In addition, he serves on the board of directors of the California-based Richard Miles Johnson Foundation, which provides financial literacy to youth for credit unions. He's a CUNA Management School graduate. He's an active fundraiser and promoter of credits for Kids. And in his spare time, if he has any, he's making his way through the Q's CEO Institute series of courses. Dave hails originally from Southern California, but makes his home in Missouri today. You're obviously a very busy person, Dave, so uh, thanks very much for taking time to join us today. It's a
1: pleasure to be with you, Joe.
0: Awesome. Uh, hey, there have been a lot of new developments going on in automobile sales and financing. Um, and, and they were in place before COVID started, much less the things that we've seen um, either develop or advance even more uh, during the past two years of the pandemic. So can you just get started on that conversation with a picture of what you've been seeing from your perspective? Yeah, well, just like the
1: credit industry, we've all had to adapt over the last couple of years. You're doing business differently than you were doing in you know, at the end of 2019, of course. And, uh uh, auto dealers, credit unions, and auto finance is no different. Uh, we've all had to adapt to serve the consumer so they can make uh, make that transaction easier. Um, you know, just when you're looking at the, holistically looking at uh, where the credit union space is, the, the credit unions have actually adapted pretty well. We've, you know, if you look at just, uh, you know, Callahan data, data, I mean, credit unions loan volume is up, you know, that, that over, you know, 2019, 2020 dipped a little bit, and then 2021 came back re- resoundingly strong. Um and, you know, dealers are more profitable than ever. Now, there's a lot of nuance that goes in there and, and, and challenges, whatever. But one of the uh, main things that we've seen that's probably been a difference as far as just the transaction of a, buying an automobile is you've seen you know, before is you, you walk into a brick-and-mortar store, you t- take a test drive, and you consummated that that loan right there at the dealership. And that's kind of – or that, and that purchase at the dealership, that's changed a little bit. Just like uh, – a lot of that credit unions have done, they instead of serving uh, members, they serve members and branches as well. But now they're on online on the phone. You know, where are the members at? Uh, you know, it, that's just the way it is. And then dealers have now adapted to that. So they were really resistant uh, pre-COVID to actually deliver a car outside the dealership. recision laws and those types of things have uh, come into play. And they didn't have the, really the technology to deliver a car remotely. But one of the things that we've seen uh, is dealers have changed that mindset. Hey, I can actually go to the customer, whether they're at work, uh, whether they're at they're at their home, uh, wherever, and they can actually do that transaction remotely now. that That was a mindset. That was a mindset shift for the dealer world, and they've learned to adapt that. In fact, uh, Cox and I believe JD Power have done a study that anywhere from thirty to about forty percent of. All All dealer transactions, all car purchase transactions will be done outside the dealership walls uh, by two thousand twenty five so that is a big shift in how things are doing it and what that means oh. for credit means is it 's a really good opportunity because it's instead of you know you obviously you have to have a place at the dealership and be be a present at the dealership to obtain that auto loan right but now they 're taking that taking that finance uh, transaction in, during the automobile purchase. And bring that up funnel a little bit further in the sales process. They're doing it online. They're arranging finance before they even get into the test drive and deliver a car. So that's interesting. So credit unions are going to have to think about who they partner with, uh, how they go about that, and meet the the consumer and the dealer uh, to get that finance at the credit union, probably a little further up the sales funnel than they're currently doing today. So that's, that's one major shift.
0: Cool. Um, I, I remember pre-pandemic uh, a century ago, no, two years ago, um, <laughs> how, um, you know, we'd read about organizations like CarMax and, you know, all the online service providers uh, don't go to the dealership to buy your car, just go online instead. And uh, thinking, wow, what's going to happen to the dealers of tomorrow? You know, are they going to adapt to that? Or are they going to become dinosaurs and so on and so forth? And you're making it sound like many, I don't know if all, but many dealers have adapted to varying degrees to a different model. Maybe they're not allowing people to order things online necessarily, but, uh, I know my wife and I bought a car during the pandemic and, um, you know, although it was on the lot, it was one of the very few that were on the lot, um, and we had to make arrangements in advance and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's a much different world for dealers and you referenced how dealers are more profitable than ever, but how, how is that?
1: yeah it's it's interesting because of the limited availability in, in uh of inventory uh you're finding most franchise dealers are having record profitability um i just there's a stat i just read yesterday in preparation for this that you know um sixty five percent of all sales of uh, on the new car on the new automobile side are or uh, above m s r p that was unheard of before pre pandemic it was most wow. were below m s r p there they had you know dealers were stocked with you know you know, three, hundred, five hundred cars or some of the bigger dealerships, even more a thousand cars sitting out there, uh, burning, burning capital. and they're trying to turn them. So now they, they don't, that that's shifted with the, with the limited, with the limited inventory. So it's allowed those v- vehicles to be more profitable. And so you're seeing that and the dealers don't have to, uh, f- what's called floor, which is how they finance their inventory. That's on, on the lots. They don't have to, they don't have to do that. What's interesting about that, Joe, we think that's we're, we're waiting to watch out if that's going to be a trend um, because uh, dealers have learned to operate with low inventory. Consumers have kind of learned to be patient and get to, to the car they want. So we're wondering if that's going to be a long-term shift. I think it's too soon to play out. But I think the dealers are all hoping that, that that's a shift in behavior that they don't have to, you know, a customer can walk in or a member can walk in to buy a car. And they're, it's just going kind to of be customary that, hey, they, they might have to wait a few weeks to get that in inventory the car that they want, but allows the dealer to be flexible and probably gives them a little more negotiating power in the purchase price. So maybe not the best consumer-friendly strategy, but for dealers, uh, very profitable right now.
0: So you think dealers are going to become uh, kind of like some furniture stores that I've been in where there's, you know, a sampling of their products on the showroom floor, you know, one uh one model uh, of each line or something. And uh, the consumer is going for, for demonstration purposes. And the consumer is going to say, yeah, get me that one in a red or something like that. And then come back weeks later to get it.
1: That's, that's the, that's the thought of some of the auto dealers out there for sure. And some of the bigger groups, Uh, can we, exactly that point. They may have a a few that are in demonstration or, you know, if you look at what's like, you take a Ford, um, Ford credit. Now if they sell pickups in Europe, they don't have as many trims. They have only about six, and so to that point, they keep they only have they have limited more options. So it makes it really easy for the consumer. Now, right now, the consumer is waiting you know, three months to get their pickup in that they want, right? Their F one fifty there because they have limited trims. They can kind of stage them. They're, they can get them in consumers' hands about two to three weeks. So we're wondering if that's going to be like the European model, or is it going to be you know kind of where it is today, or somewhere in the middle? Uh, it's hard to say. I think the manufacturers, if they really want to start putting putting units out there, they may kind of force the dealers to carry more inventory and, you know, to to meet the consumer demand. So we'll see how this plays out. But for now, the dealers are really happy, though. I think the way they're kind of adapting the way things are.
0: So uh, shifting gears a little bit, pre-pandemic, CarMax, Carvana, all of those websites you could go do a search for a used or new vehicle or whatever the case may be um, and order and get it delivered and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they were the, I guess, disruptors, some people would call it, in the auto sales industry. And dealers since then during COVID um, have shifted their strategy and their approach, as you've described, and whatnot. So so they're, I don't know if it's safe to say, closer to what those disruptors were pre-pandemic. So what has happened to the CarMax and Carvanas and you know those kinds of guys over the past couple of years, where everyone's kind of... Gravitated towards the way that they were doing business.
1: It is, and it's a little bit of a shift because they're they're strictly used cars, right, Joe? Uh, Right, right. So that does change things, Uh, and that's been a little harder for you know your typical local franchise dealership. They're trying to obviously be a franchisee to push uh, new vehicle sales, but they also know used vehicles are important. So they're they're looking to shift. But I, I, you know, CarMax is alive and well. Uh, Carvana's Probably struggling just a little bit, uh, just because they're trying to find inventory and stock, and stock the way they do business. Um, but what has with the dealers have, have kind of learned again is, hey, they can actually do that transit out, outside the, the the brick and mortar store, and they can go to where the consumer's at. So I I think that it will challenge those bigger models, but those models are still alive and well, and they're, I'd say they're probably still a disruptor. I think the challenge of uh, with credit unions with these bigger bigger used car groups like your Carvana or your CarMax is you know where do credit unions play in in, in in finance in there? How do they get that loan? They can obviously they can do it a, a direct loan, and they're doing very very well at, at bringing the direct loans in from both those two organizations. But if you want to do an indirect loan, how do you how do you play there? Uh, these organizations have their own finance sources, uh, custom finance sources. They're tied in with the big banks. So how do you how do you how do you play in there if you really want to be a, a player with these organizations? I think that's probably the bigger bigger challenge because they have that that big economies of scale, if you will, and makes it a challenge to get in there. Now, our organization's working very hard to, to work with both both of those, but even we're as big as we are, we're still challenged to actually be a, a presence with those two organizations. So I think they pose a little bit of a challenge for credit unions, but I think credit unions are doing an okay job with guerrilla tactics and really getting a, a direct loan to their member uh, for, to buy cars from those organizations.
0: You were talking earlier, Dave, about... Uh credit unions um, in this environment, that this uh, new kind of environment that dealers are selling vehicles in, um, that it behooves credit unions to get in the face of the consumer, so to speak, earlier uh, in the process and whatnot. Have you seen over the past couple of years any credit unions that, or ways in which some credit unions have done that real successfully, I guess, or uniquely?
1: Well, there's a obviously a couple you know some technologies that are out there. You can you can partner with the other platforms, um, whether it's Capital One Auto Finance or Auto Smart, uh, uh, um, and some of those other ones that, that are out there. And that is the way is you have to partner with the platform to try to get where that consumer is at. Whether uh, it's a credit union platform, a dealer platform, a third party platform, and we have seen Credit do a, a decent job, at least getting further up the funnel in the sales cycle and getting that. Transaction was called a called a you know a retail transaction where they're um, consummating the finance almost before they go out and, and purchase the car and so we we have seen a little bit of a shift to there I don't think anybody any one credit is doing it great uh, I don't think there's any one entity or bank doing it great uh, maybe Capital One's the exception but uh, it, it is it it hasn't it hasn't come full circle just yet um, but I think that's going to be something we'll see play out over between now and 2025 I think that'll be that, I think those tools will sharpen. Those partners will get better. Uh, lenders will get better. At how to do that? Um, and it takes a lot of uh, best practices, if you will, to pull that off. Joe, I mean, you got to have make sure you've got good decisioning, instant decisions. Uh, make sure you got sound lending practices. Uh, can you can you automate your documents? Those types of things, and put those in a, in a platform where a consumer can use them. Not the easiest thing to do yet, but that technology is getting better and better. And I think over the next few years, you'll see that uh, really come to fruition.
0: So. Uh, as the price of cars has gone up, just as they naturally do, and inventory or lack of has driven it further and, and whatnot, um, what's become of, of leasing? Has it, has it spurted it on or is that uh, backtracked or what?
1: You know, if you look at, uh, just looking at Experian data, uh, again, prepping for this call, Joe, and it has uh, leasing did fall off a little bit in 2020, uh, excuse me, 2021. Uh, it did for a variety of, uh, again, uh, the price of vehicles, those types of things, uh, interest that people aren't, you know, but it's interesting. We've seen more, I've seen just more credit unions engage in leasing, um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, just, they were looking to, sub, you know, add more additional loan volume and another channel to put loans on the books. Uh, but two, but the, as you said, the price of the car has gone up so significantly that a, you know, an average consumer just can't afford the payment anymore. Uh, You look at an F-150, the payment, uh, you know, retail payment is 762 on average. A lease payment's 484. Well, for a family, that's a big deal. That's a lot of money that you can save by doing a lease. So if there's a member service component and just additional loan volume component, uh, but as an industry overall, all financiers, banks, credit unions, captive finance, we have seen leasing come down in 2021. But I think it's still an opportunity for credings to explore. Um, again, for that member service additional loan channels. There uh, they're p- great partners out there in the marketplace on the crediting side that can definitely uh c- can definitely help credings with that.
0: Right, right. Um so another area that comes to mind, Dave, that I want to ask you about, because you have a lot of knowledge <laughs> on all these areas, is uh about uh electric vehicles. Uh there's a whole lot more of those being promoted and, and coming out. And I know some manufacturers that are holding back a little bit on their development of EVs now are uh, jumping into it more more full force and whatnot. So do you see that having much impact on uh, vehicle sales and more importantly for our audience, you know, credit union lending and leasing?
1: I do. It's going to be more and more in the main, I, I know there's political pressure as well, you know, to put more electric vehicles on there for, sure. uh, you know, so you, you, there have, you know, there's going to be, whether it's state laws, federal law, you're going to see uh, probably a political pressure for manufacturers, whether they're the, traditional manufacturers, your GMs, your uh, Stellantis, which is the uh, Chrysler Jeep that now is under the Stellantis brand uh, Ford. You know, there's going to be pressure for those folks to uh, push out electric vehicles. And there's a commitment from there. So I think you're going to see that. And then you have new entrants like, uh, uh, um, you know, like tes- you know Tesla over the last couple of years, Rivian, uh, those types of things that are that are going to come in and try to be disruptors and, and challenge the, our traditional, you know, automakers. But I, I think in 2021, uh, just about four percent of all new car registrations were were electric, which is an 80 percent jump from the year before. So it's oh. going to jump exponentially. Yeah. So they're here to stay. And I was always wondering when they first came in there. Hey, what? Do, the technology in these vehicles. There's going to be a resale market for them. Or, you know, what's the collateral risk uh, for you know financing a bunch of? And I, they're sterling that they're they're holding their value very well, and the consumers are very happy with these vehicles. They're holding up. They're very durable. So I think that this will be the the, the way forward over time. I don't think that's going to replace the combustion engine anytime in the next few years. But you know, what's it look like in 20 years? I think it'll be mostly electrified. the The challenge uh, that we got to figure out with the uh, with some of these electric vehicles and the electric, Electric vehicle manufacturers, Joe, and where credians probably need to really pay attention to your Teslas, your Rivians, some of these folks that are kind of the standalone vehicle—they're kind of disruptive to our traditional auto auto franchise system in the United States. So they're kind of bypassing. They're trying not to be. They don't want to work through a franchisee. So how do you? They, they centralize a lot of the processes. And again, kind of like a CarMax or or um, Carvana that we were talking about earlier they have their own finance company. They only deal with a select few banks. Um, so how do credit unions play, play in that space? Um, organizations, you know, has people on the ground and, and all those companies trying to make sure credit unions have a seat at the table uh, with those electric vehicle manufacturers. But I think that is going to be the way of the future, especially right now with, you know, gas prices, the way they are, it's definitely going right. to accelerate sales in the near term, at least uh, of electric
0: vehicles. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh you know, I, so I've been assuming that credit unions, wall lenders are going to see more EVs on their books or collateralized on their books as time goes on. Um, but something you said reminds me that, you know, we don't know what the values of those things are going to be in right. the future as of yet. Uh, they're durable and hold up well, but, you know, we don't know what Kelly Blue Book is going to look like on a on a 10-year-old Rivian.
1: Huh. Correct. Correct. I, I, that, I think that there's not enough, uh, data yet to, f- you know, do any you know, major forecasting there What that's going to like so far, uh, you know, you can buy used Tesla for barely, you know, just slightly under what you can buy a brand new one for. So they're holding their value today very well. And the batteries are holding up, the technology is holding up. They can do, you know, uh, upgrades in the, in the, in the firmware and the software and those vehicles still run very well. So I, it's, it's remains to be seen, uh, I think there's going to be a resale value. Obviously, I I think we'll be okay, but more data needs to come in.
0: Have you heard of any lenders, well, credit unions in our world um, that have been either uh, really advocating heavily with their borrowers to uh, purchase and finance EVs with them or on the flip side of the coin, trying to shy away from them because they don't know enough about them or does it not really matter?
1: Joe, I I don't, Think it matters. I don't think there's been a strong approach from Ukrainians I've seen to really make a, a dominant push uh, towards those vehicles or uh, influence their members to partner with the you know companies that sell electric vehicles. Um, I I don't know. There on the flip side, I don't think there's any Ukrainians that are shying away from it either. <laughs> so I, I think yeah. it's a, I think we're all learning as we go. Um, I, I think I'll tell you this. Uh, Credit unions going to have to find a way. Electric vehicles are here. Uh, you know, my my CEO does a presentation on electricification uh, of vehicles, um, and we, you know, I think the next ten to fifteen years, it's going to be look a lot different than it does today. So it, it, they're here to stay, and we have to find a way to how to how to play in that market.
0: How have you? And this is a different path, Dave. So, but how have you seen over the past two years? Uh, and I guess we've touched on some of this. How have you seen uh, credit unions successful credit unions? Uh, shift um, in their approach to whether it's direct or indirect lending? um, How have they shifted over the Because, you know, everybody, well, almost most credit unions, um, you know, their loan volumes dropped off and they're trying to rebuild that currently and whatnot. So what are you seeing the more successful ones doing to recapture some of what they lost?
1: That's a great question, Joe. And, and, before the pandemic some of the um, some of these topics were completely just off the table but with loan to share and everybody the deposits coming in and people had a you know loan to shares historically at most credit unions would start to come down pretty low historically low and so everything was on the table whether it's a refinance uh, brokers refinancing campaigns of their own membership uh, recapture uh, leasing, uh, all these, all these topics, we've seen. At least I've seen as trends, they're at least being entertained, if not being engaged or actively. Now that's part of the business plan at credit unions. Um, some of the the, the big uh, shift we've seen is a lot of credit unions have been open to uh, uh, refinance um, and working through different partners like iPay or uh, Caribou or some of these other types of uh, outfits out there. Where you know they could take a, a group of loans and uh, they're, they're direct loans, but they're they're taking people. There's always people, no matter where the economy is at, there's always people who are on the lower credit moving to higher credit, and they're looking to actually better their score and lower their payment and get in a better financial position. So these companies have gotten really, really good about how they mine that data and mine mine for new members. So it's been a, actually a great loan source for some credit unions, how they, they can get direct loans on the books. But this, these portfolios are performing very, very well because there's a couple years of data now in there. Um, the other uh, trend I've seen is, you know, uh, credit unions working with like a CU Nexus or working with um, with Clutch uh, those types of organizations to really make sure that was auto loan offers are always there for their members for whether it's a private party trans, private party transaction whether it's going to an independent dealership a franchise dealer electric vehicle company that they're constantly there and we're seeing a definitely that digitization of that is helping drive pull a loan a loan volume through. With Clutch is an example um, that's out there, they do a really good job working with credit unions to refinance their own portfolios, people that, hey, they're probably going to be close to paying off that loan anyways. Maybe they want to refinance or they want to get them in a better position. So they really help credit unions mine their own data and pull through those loan opportunities to put more loans on the books.
0: I'm hmm.
1: not sure if that answered that question, but I, that's the trends I'm seeing at least.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Um... And so I I remember pre-pandemic, we'd have a lot of, uh, I'd attend a lot of meetings and we'd read a lot of articles about, you know, different kinds of fintech organizations that would be, um, you know, pecking away at financial services and trying to zero in on one little targeted area of financial services at the detriment of traditional institutions like banks and credit unions and whatnot. Right. Um, and so credit unions, uh, over the past two years, you know, trying to be a lot more focused on, well, how can we use some of these fintechs and whatnot, uh, or what can we do with them, um, to try to, uh, not lose so much ground and whatnot. Have you, some of these organizations that you, you just mentioned and that are doing their own financing and whatnot, um, have you seen them, any of them make much of a dent in uh, financing by traditional lenders, credit unions, and, and for-profit banks, or is it all new business
1: in the auto space? No, uh, credit unions are still <laughs> holding up very well in the auto space. So there are yeah. a lot of the partners, the new entrants of partners that are out there that I, I just mentioned. Um, now your uncollateralized loans, you're you're you know uh, for sure they're, they're 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 actually making a dent. Whether it's payday lending or those that that is there, and you know, I think we've all done a lot of research on that. If you've sure. been to JC, there was you know sessions on those that type of thing, and so that's why you know the, I think the credit industry is really doing a good job trying to come together to kind of bring those key players at the top, invest in them, you know, uh, through CUNA or through uh, their incubator or Filene or some of these other things. How do we, how do we, so we, we, we can be our own disruptors, not let someone else come take our cheese, right? But in the auto space, I, it's really not prevalent yet with those fintechs coming in there to get us. Um, there's a, again, there's a lot of, a lot of players, a lot of different parts to an auto transaction. You've got the dealer, you've got the consumer, you've got the collateral, you know, that's still a little more complicated loan, not quite as complicated as a home loan, but, we're not quite seeing the, the fintechs come disrupt that space yet, um, but keep an eye out uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know um, Origin's uh, C Direct is always evolving and coming out with new products and services and whatnot. And credit unions are having to play in the fintech world, and car dealers are, you know, trying to find new delivery methods and whatnot. What do you think the the future looks like? I mean, based on what you've seen the past two years. And I'm assuming that some of the uh, adaptations that we've seen because of COVID and whatnot between dealers and lenders and whatnot is going to stick and continue, you know, moving forward. Um, What do you see that this whole uh, arena between lenders and car dealers looking at, looking like, uh, you know, as we look down the road, you know, three years, five years or further or whatnot?
1: Yeah, it, it, for sure. The the, the retail the, you're going to have digital retail, and that is that whether uh, you, again you build your own platform, partner with a, a platform like ours, you partner with another platform. You know that is your, your consumer behavior, COVID, uh, dealer behavior, um, lender behavior all all shifted, and they kind of shifted together to hey, let's we can do this online uh, before. I mean, gosh, when you buy a car, Joe, I imagine before, it's like you, there's no way you would just have a car show at your house and not trust drive it. Or, that, right. That that behavior, consumer behavior is shifting. They're like, no, maybe not. It's just, a, it's just a commodity. It's four doors, wheels. I can, I know, and especially the younger generation, hey, I just need a car. I want it delivered to my house. I don't have time to go to a dealership. So trying, I think as we all try to pull the pain out of that, that traditional purchase of a, a vehicle that was, you know, which we knew a couple of years ago. I think that's where it's going to go. It's all going to go online. It's going to be digital retail. Um, I think there's going to be still uh, components of that where you'll have to do it online and you probably still go to the dealership to pick up the vehicle, do the final test drive and walk through and, and, and complete the paperwork. I think even that is going to shift more and more online over the next three to five years for sure.
0: So does that lead to consolidation, uh, in, uh, car dealerships probably cause I don't need to, if I'm just going to order on research and order online and go pick it up, I don't need two Honda dealers, let's say 40 miles apart.
1: You know, I, that's a good question, Joe. And I I don't know the answer to that. One of the things I've learned in twenty years of indirect auto lending is, uh, your local retailer—they're very—they're a fabric of the community. Uh, they want to continue to be there. They're very resilient. Right. They're going to find a way to survive. <laughs> so,
0: right. I right, of course.
1: yeah. So, I, no. But I—I would—I do will tell you that it's something to keep an eye on. I don't think Vermont necessarily ha, has to worry about it as much as maybe some other markets. But you're seeing—you are seeing a consolidation of your big national auto dealer groups. Some are publicly traded. Your Sonics, your uh, Berkshire Hathaway's um, Auto Nation, if you will. They're on a buying frenzy, uh, Lithia. Uh, so they're acquiring dealerships and dealership groups, and they're getting bigger. Um, so that's something to uh, to uh, to be to watch out for because they may, your mom and pop store that was the local business person that, you know, you went to the Rotary Club with or, you know, went to your church with, uh, they may not own that dealership. might be a big national group owning that dealership. That could be a good thing. They, they have economies of scale. It could be a good thing for the consumer. Um, but where do credians play again? Kind of like back to some of these other models we talked about with the Carvana and the CarMax and the Teslas. Do credians have a seat at the table at these larger organizations? And you know, for those national dealer groups, for our organization, has two people on the ground do nothing but making sure credians have a seat at the table, right? At some of these larger groups, right. full time jobs. So. Again, we will advocate on behalf of of credions on behalf of these larger organizations, but it's something for credions to really kind of pay attention to, making sure they have a seat at the table uh, with these larger groups because they probably had a local partnership with the local dealership in their communities before. So so something to keep an eye on. Nothing to panic about yet, uh, but just watch it over the next three to five years. That that will shift for sure,
0: for sure. And And, And
1: by the way, the local dealers are. They're ca- they're making good money selling their dealerships, by the way. So they're, they're they're not a they're not a victim here. They're they're finding time. It's time to cash out. They're making a great money and they're moving on to another business. So they're not. It's not at the woe of the local guy. They're getting top dollar for their for their dealerships.
0: So, um, you know, changes in dealerships, changes uh, by credit unions as lenders. Uh, but one area we haven't touched on is manufacturer financing has, the, I guess you referenced it, but just out of curiosity, something you said prompted me to wonder Has much changed for those folks. I mean, I know their volumes probably, you know, fluctuate, but as far as the way they're doing business uh, still the same as it always has been.
1: Oh no. Uh, they're, they're definitely have shifted to uh, uh, digital e-contracting. So they're, they're, uh-huh. they're definitely, a, and they're definitely, definitely in partnership with their manufacturer arms to, to promote vehicles and push vehicles uh, that, that, so, but they're they're evolving and how they do business, at least the the, the style they do business. How to how to how to make that less painful for the consumer, uh, how to make it less painful for the dealer, how to make it more efficient, less costly. So they're they're very very in tune with this. Um, you now, just banks, credit unions can do the same. They're how do you get better? How do you how do you uh, be more efficient, lower your costs? How do you make the, take the pain out of the consumer? So if credit unions are asking those questions, I, they can still compete. Uh, they they have all the tools. some of these manufacturers do to compete. Now they may not have the direct audience with the dealership, but they still have the same tools to their partnerships with with the Crudions providers or business partners to still compete in that, you know, and how to take that pain out of the transaction. I will say one thing Crudions probably need to keep an eye out on um, when it comes to manufacturer financing, Crudions own, I mean, the used car space. I mean, they're really, really, really strong there. In fact, I think Vermont, I think it was 30, I looked at 31% of all used Use vehicle financing is done by, mm-hmm. done by a credit union. So that, that's pretty significant. There, there yeah. is a lot of market share. Um, but you are seeing manufacturers um, look at getting into the used car financing space. So that, that's a threat. And you probably do need to keep an eye on that with your, with your volume. Uh, they're looking to, Hey, they can, before they were just chasing the new car paper, but they're doing now they're, uh, these manufacturers are what's called certified pre-owned. So they're taking like a, a used Toyota, running it through a bunch of uh, um, a rigorous testing and right. be able to call it a certified pre-owned. And now they're back in those, that used to just be a couple years, two model years older. Now they're backing up to three and four model years older. So they're starting wow. to get into where that was kind of our bread and butter. So they're dipping their toe in it. So that's something to keep an eye on. But as far as they, this, the way they do business, I think Credians can compete just, just as, as manufacturer can with technology uh, efficiency and uh, offering uh, instant approvals, those types of things.
0: Thanks for that. You got uh, great observations. So, yeah. as we're winding down here, any any recommendations for any credit union in terms of where they are, how they ought to be positioning themselves, what they ought to be watching out for going forward?
1: Well, hopefully, listening to this podcast is a great thing. That's,
0: <laughs> that's number just, one. That's the best that's one. Right? Right.
1: Listen to Joe. Um, you know, they just got to keep doing the homework. The, it's the is changing and evolving, just like other credit unions parts of business, whether it's digital banking or online banking, uh, in the branch technology, those things are constantly evolving. you definitely have to pay attention to what's going on in the automobile space. Cause that's a big, big part of what credit is finance. So just uh, keep, keep doing your homework. If you don't subscribe to auto finance news or automotive news, you know, make sure you're at least doing your, your research on there. And those are all online publications and, and, and keep, keep abreast what's going out there. Talk to partners like, like our, like us or whoever you you do business with, uh, as far as auto lending, glad to give you the, all of the advice, what's going on in the market, keep creditings abreast of that. Uh, one of the, you know, the best things I think that creditings uh, can do is just look at that process, process improvement, just constantly improve how you can be more efficient, how you can tweak your decision models to, to offer approvals to the dealers and to the members at the point of sale uh, speed, you know, what can you do to speed up the funding a dealership or funding that transaction a little bit faster? If you do that, they're going to be still be very, very relevant. I know it's basic, but just continue that process improvement. And that to me, that's the best advice I can give a credit union is don't get complacent.
0: Thank you very much for that. It's, it's been awesome chatting with you, Dave. Uh, You have a lot of great insights. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, I hope that we'll draw on your insights more uh, in the future.
1: Joe, thank you very much. And thank you to your, your credit constituents as well. It's an honor to do business with them and honor to be partnered with you.
0: Hey, uh, but we're not quite done yet. I've been uh, with the last few podcasts that we've recorded. I've been asking some uh, personal, um, like, uh, get, get to know our speaker kind of questions. And so if it's okay with you, I'm going to put you on the spot because I know I didn't mention this to you before. (laughs) Um, I'm
1: glad you didn't. Now I'm, uh, now I'm, now I'm nervous. (laughs) uh,
0: Well, no, don't, don't get nervous. Um, so just a few senseless, quick answer uh, questions like uh, milk or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. All right. Uh, and uh, how about your favorite kind of music?
1: Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> it depends on the day, depends on the morning, depends on the mood. Uh, I'll probably just go with the... today it was country music. That's what I was listening to this morning.
0: Okay. And along with driving down the road with country music coming out of the speakers, given the industry that you're in, I'm not going to ask you what your favorite kind of car to drive is or favorite brand, at least, uh, because we don't want you getting tainted, you know, favoring <laughs> one manufacturer over another or anything. Uh, but I am going to ask you, uh, if there's a, or what famous person living or dead, any celebrity type or famous historical person that you'd have dinner with, if you could.
1: Well, I, I I've, I've heard this question before and I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to steal an answer that I thought was the best sense I've ever heard of that. I would probably, uh, you know, I'm not. Don't want to get anybody in, in religious realms, but I like. I'd love to have a conversation with Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, if he was still on this earth. You know, I to me that would just be. That'd be the most fascinating conversation I could ever have. I could think to have. So.
0: Awesome. I haven't gotten uh, that answer before, but that's a real good one. Yep. Uh, well, thanks very much, Dave. It's been great chatting with you. Uh, very insightful and uh, time well spent here for our listeners.
1: Joe, thank you very much for having me today.
0: Uh, with that, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credit Union's on Air podcast and hope you found it interesting. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credit Union's on Air in the iTunes Store or at SoundCloud.com. If you've got ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at Vermont Credit Union's with an S.coop. C O O P. Until next time, this is Joe Bergeron and Dave Adams. Very good. <laughs> Thanking you for listening. Hey, thanks very much, Dave.